The Lord Jesus told of days of judgment up ahead. He described the conditions of great adversity that we would face at the end of the age, and he did it with a lesson in mind for us. There is a practical issue to address in the last days. Welcome everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. This ministry is sponsored by Church Partnership Evangelism and its local missions fellowship, the Bread of Life in Boise, Idaho. Our missionaries are working to raise up national evangelists and church planters in Asia, Africa, South America, and Europe. To learn more about what we're doing all over the world, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. There was one overriding caution that Jesus gave in light of the events of the last days. The concern was that his people not be deceived. Deception. This was the one thing he warned us to guard against. We have noted in the last two messages on this passage how that trials the Lord Jesus is teaching will typify the last days. That these things that he's describing are not just a description of what's to take place at the moments just before the Lord Jesus returns. These are just the beginning of birth pangs. This is just the beginning of the last days. Now you might decide today that we are in the last days of the last days, but those last days began on the occasion of Christ's ascension into heaven. And after that, the disciples began to experience much of the things that the Lord Jesus is prophesying would take place. They began to encounter and experience in their own lives. And so he's giving them some instructions on what's to take place. And out of that instruction, he has an exhortation for them. And the exhortation is there to endure. And the implication here is that the life and the setting and the context in which we're to carry out the Christian life and the Christian ministry is a context of resistance and difficulty that you're to endure through. And yet at the same time, as we've mentioned before, that environment actually is going to be conducive towards our ministry and our witness. And so the Lord Jesus gives a promise on the backside of this call to endure in the midst of this difficulty. This gospel is going to go into all the world and be proclaimed. The very resistance you face, the adversity you face, is going to actually contribute to your victory. In fact, there's no victory without adversity. These very things and the suffering that you're going to endure going through it is going to put you in line with my cross and the message of a cross and the message of a suffering Savior who has come to bear the iniquity and the sins of the world and enter into the misery of man's sin and is going to bring them out of it and bring them through it victorious. And you be willing to and you be ready to accept the suffering of this age and endure. And this gospel will go forward and succeed. And this gospel will reach the purpose that I have for it and intend for it. And so the other thing we've mentioned out is that this is, in a sense, the final sermon or message that the Lord Jesus gives before he goes to the cross. There are other things that he'll teach his disciples as they're making their way to the Garden of Gethsemane, personal instructions and encouragement for them. But here is this in-depth outlined message that he delivers, and it's his last discourse before he goes to the cross. We might say it's his final words to us. And in his final words, one of the things he wants to do is to deliver to them an exhortation. You might come to this moment in your life at some point in time where you know that you're going to be able to give your children the last word that you give them, the last bit of instruction. You want that instruction to resonate after you're gone and you want to exhort them to a certain kind of life or a certain type of morale or a certain type of direction that you want them to live and pursue. And so you give them the word of exhortation. 
The next thing that the Lord Jesus gives is a word of encouragement. Listen, this is going to prevail. You're a part of something that is going to prevail. But the other thing we notice here, and it's actually how the message begins, and it's the one thing that's going to be repeated most often here is the Lord Jesus also gives them a word of caution. He tells them not only to endure, but his word of caution is don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. So it's Matthew 24, 4. The first word before the Lord Jesus begins instructing them is, Take heed that no one deceives you. Verse 5, Many will come and deceive many. Verse 11, Many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. If you go on and read further, you'll see in verse 24, he says, For false Christ and false prophets will rise to deceive, if possible, even the elect. You're the target of this deception. It's interesting to note that the last words of Christ before his death are similar to the last words of Peter in his last writing to the church. And they're similar to the last words of Paul in his last letter to the churches. Peter's last letter is the letter of 2 Peter. Paul's last letter is the letter of 2 Timothy. In both of these, another thing that's interesting is they write about eschatology. They write about last things, last times, the last days. And then in that context... They both write to instruct or direct the body of Christ they're writing to to guard themselves against deception. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17. Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 tells them that he's about ready to put off his earthly tent and he's prepared to go to be with the Lord Jesus and to be in God's presence. Peter then begins warning in the second chapter of the scoffers that will come and also of the, of the turmoil that will take place in the last days. Now in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 17, he climaxes it with this warning. You, therefore, he writes, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away. Now that phrase, that word being led away is interesting because the Greek word for deceived means being led astray. And there are different words here, but it's the exact same concept. And so they're to some were interchangeable here. Being led away could be rightly read being deceived with the error of the wicked. Make sure, be on guard that you're not led away. You're not deceived and led away by the error of the wicked. That's the application that Peter makes That's the warning that Peter gives. That's the caution he gives in his last letter to the churches. Paul in 2 Timothy also speaks of the last days. And in the middle of his letter, he gives a clear warning as well. His last words of warning, you'll find them in 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll let you turn your Bibles there. I hope you have nimble fingers this morning. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to read to you verses 12 and 13. And then we'll go over to 2 Timothy chapter 4. At the end of Matthew 24, and then and also Matthew 25, he's going to give a series of parables. And the focus and the intent and the purpose of the parables is to call the church to be on guard, to be watching, to be ready, to be looking. And Paul is going to give that type of instruction to the church as well. But it's being on guard in light of this deception that they're being cautioned about. 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 13, Paul writes... All that will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. That's basically the whole argument the Lord Jesus is making in these first 14 verses of Matthew chapter 24 and his Olivet Discourse. While evil men and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. That's going to be the nature of the age. It's a nature in which there's going to be an ongoing revolving around of intensifying deception. 
2 Timothy chapter 4. Let me read to you verses 3 and 5. I might read down just through 5a. 2 Timothy 4, just go over there. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. That's the same idea as being led astray here. That's that idea of deception. This is the context in which you're being called to be on guard, to be watchful. But you be watchful in all things. Guard against this being led astray. The Lord Jesus here, again, is talking about the end times. Peter and Paul are talking about the last days. When we come, by the way, to a consideration, there were some individuals who asked that I might speak and give a message on the last days. I think they're recognizing what's going on in the current day and age, and it's made them, at least it reminds them of something they've read in their Bible before. So they asked me to speak about those things, and so... I think it's right that we do a study on the Olivet Discourse. We study Jesus' teaching on the last days. But when we come to studying the last days, we have to have a healthy instinct as we approach it. We're not to be studying the last days simply to be exercising a morbid curiosity in chronicling the increased perversity of the day and age in which we live. Right? And comparing it to what the Bible said was going to be happening. We're not to be engaged in some kind of excited stress count in which we add up the increase of wars or the proliferation of pestilence or famines or earthquakes and get all excited about those things. That's not the reason that we're to study the last days. I would point out to you that the morals of the Roman world in which Peter and Paul lived in and the viciousness of the Roman government's power which at that time seemed to be universal it was as far as their eyes could go in terms of the reach of where men inhabited the earthly sphere and the soon approaching destruction of the temple in 70 AD that the Lord Jesus has just prophesied about and the intensification of persecution that the Christians are going to endure told Peter and Paul and the apostles, we're in it, this is the last times, this is the last days. And the Lord Jesus doesn't seem to draw the disciples away from fully reaching that conclusion and that consideration. He allows that to be a part of what they're thinking. But even as he teaches them, he's not stressing a sense of alarm in them about these things. He's only telling them, let these things be a sign to you of a caution for your life. And the caution is this, don't be deceived. You endure, and you carry forth the calling that I've given you. That's the basic point. You'll see all these things. They're going to be happening, and here's what I want to tell you. Don't be deceived. Endure. Carry out the calling that I've given you. Persecution is not the greatest threat to the church. We are not so much imperiled by bad public policy and politics, not even by social and moral upheaval of pandemics and plagues. Our threat will not even be so much the violence of Antichrist or of the Antichrist once he comes to this world. As we've already considered, these things call for endurance. And they provide the context in which our message can oftentimes be communicated more and more convincingly to those around us. These things can actually work for our mission, not against them. They can work for us and not against us. No, the greatest danger of these last days is... The mass deception of the church. That's the greatest danger. 
By the way, the Lord Jesus indicated to his disciples there were things that he wasn't certain about. He didn't know the time of his second coming. He said this was only in the Father's hand to know these things. He couldn't answer their question. Is this when the Lord Jesus is going to return? When they were looking at the destruction of the temple, there's, is this when you're going to return? He couldn't answer that question. That's the Father to know. It's not for me to know. But there are other things that the Lord Jesus speculates about that he doesn't know as a man, as a human being. And one of the things that he speculated about is found in Luke chapter 18, verse 8. I'll just read it to you because it's very quick. The Lord Jesus asks a question. He says, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? He speculated as to whether or not there would not be a mass deception that would draw the church away and the faithful away from himself. These were the things that he warned against. And so these are the things that we need to concern ourselves with. What I want to do this morning is I want to ask a series of questions. And then I want to try to answer the question. The first question I want to ask you is... You must join us in our next broadcast, and there we'll continue our cautionary lesson on guarding ourselves against deception. Now I'd like to encourage you to purchase a new book that I've written and that's been put out by Church Partnership Evangelism. You can go to Amazon.com and type in the book's title, Saving Evangelicals. This small book is written to address the dangerous deception of a false assurance of faith, a deception that will lead many to say, Lord, Lord, at the judgment seat of Christ, and sadly be answered by our Savior with the word, Depart from me, I never knew you. To overcome this deception, we must test ourselves to see if we're in the faith. And this book suggests a biblical test for true or false salvation. I can't think of a more important book to make available to people at this time. It's Saving Evangelicals, and you can go and order it at Amazon.com. Thanks for listening to The Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho, and Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.